Uh, is it possible that Captain America is your favorite superhero? He's my namesake, after mm, all, right? That's true. We and do. We were both born in the same era, around the forties. <laughs> <laughs> you look great for your age. Right. Actually, wasn't he? When was he originally? Was it nineteen forties originally during yes. World War Two? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Same. Very same. same. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm a new, I'm a new, uh, I'm an, I just barely found out about Captain America. Which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Because I'm pretty sure uh, the first Captain America movie came out in like 2012 or something. Like That sounds about right. It yeah. was forever ago. Yeah, Winter Soldier came out in 2014. And you and I knew each other in 2014. We did. And so I it's not that I wouldn't have had access to Captain America. Just, just that you didn't. Not really into it. <laughs> yeah. No, not my thing. Well, and it's what but it is now. It is your thing now. <laughs> if you had told me that we had the same name, I might have seen it years earlier. Is that weird when you're watching a superhero movie and hear people yell your name? No, I'm totally down Steve! with Steve! <laughs> no, I'm not complaining about that at all. Oh, okay. Because uh, we we a few weeks ago we watched Captain America: The First Avenger, mm-hmm. uh, had a great time, loved it, good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to skip over every other Marvel movie that came out between uh, Captain America One and Captain America Two, uh, yeah. and just jump straight to Winter Soldier. Yeah, which is really a, an interesting way to to do this. I, I think. By the way, I honestly think that Disney has put out. Um, a timeline of the order that you're that they recommend watching them in they do they do right like yeah. there's like a whole tab on there that's like here's how you should watch it and it starts with captain america one and then goes to like um captain marvel and then moves on even though captain marvel is one of the newest ones right but chronologically if, you want, if you're watching them correctly right. that's how they want you to watch yeah. them in yeah dang y'all I, you know what though i we've tried this concept of trying to watch movies in a specific order and we always not, fail not a fan because we get to some movies and we're like we don't want to watch that one so we skip it they become know? too repetitious if you watch them in the order and sometimes like the storyline just continues the same the same the same right and so finally after like 18 hours of watching something you're just like all right. Anything else? <laughs> well, it's a great British bake off right now. Yeah. Really. That's what we're looking for. Well, I think we've talked about before how you and I specifically have gotten a bit of superhero fatigue. Yeah. Where we're like, okay, I, d- I don't know when the next superhero movie is that I'm going to go my way out of my way to see uh-huh. because it's probably not going to happen for a good minute for us. And dare I say, 
we're just gonna go out there and say it right from the beginning of the podcast uh-uh. now uh-uh. i, I kind of feel like they were better yeah like if you go back to the original ones like you're like i didn't watch this in real time i'm watching this now so many years later yeah and but then i'm comparing it to new ones that have they've just become so epic and over the top and they go on for four hours and i know that's what everybody loves and a true a true fan loves that yeah you know but it's a more casual observer maybe not (laughs) no i think it's a fair it's a fair complaint i think that most people have uh you know going all the way back to the olden days when they had uh happy days jumped the shark which is a Mm. term that uh basically has come to mean the moment that a series of whatever kind does something so ridiculous to try to up the intensity Uh, factor that it just becomes laughable yeah uh and in that episode, I believe the Fonz is uh, water skiing and has to jump over a shark. Mm. Uh, hence the term jumping the shark. Uh, more recently, it's become known as nuking the fridge when ah. Indiana Jones survives a nuclear blast by hiding in a refrigerator. Ah, yes. Um, I, f- I feel like superhero movies are are just barreling towards these moments where you're just like, it's, it's going to get over the top ridiculous. And... The comics do, you know, the comics. Ah, that's a good point. The comics have world eating entities that want to consume the planet or universe ending entities that want to destroy our entire universe. And the question is, is how many times can you really watch that done on film without it becoming formulaic or dull? You know what? That's exactly what it is, is the fact that they want to make 77 of these versions of the show because individually as a concept, it's it's fascinating. It's fantastic. It's just when you want to continue to do it 77 different times that it yeah. becomes a problem. But even with that, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, Endgame was great. I sure, had a great Endgame time was watching. a great time. That was a very interesting show. And then, and then Black Panther. You didn't Panther. know half the people in it, but no. you had a great time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back from people. I'm like, why is he wearing that strange costume? Who I'm is that? Just, why is that person there? Not sure why he's so upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> why did Thor get fat? What's going on? Like, not Steve sure. doesn't even remember the the beginning of the last event what was the first one called oh man this is embarrassing the end gate i don't remember oh there's gonna be people but then yelling. the other part was like black panther came out right before that right yeah and that was incredibly good so good maybe i mean obviously i don't know what superhero movie i'm talking about when i say that they're just getting to be to be too much because even like the most recent ones i like those too but well my my thought process is um when you have an origin story in your movie, it tends to be the story in its infancy means that you're not going up against a world eating entity. Right. Yeah. Uh, the difference being, of course, Dr. Strange who did all sorts of crazy things in his movie. But in general, it's more like you're beating up the neighborhood bully, you know, or oops, you're, you're just barely surviving this fight because you're just learning things. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, the problem that I have with movies like Winter Soldier is Captain America is a supreme soldier. He's incredible at what he does. Right. And so it always makes me scoff a little when someone kicks him and it looks like it hurts him. Or like when he's specifically in this movie, when he's driving his motorcycle directly towards the helicopter thing and they're shooting the gun, uh-huh. how can you not hit somebody driving directly towards your gun? Yeah. Like, it just gets to the point sometimes where they 
up the danger factor to the point where it literally becomes unbelievable and my suspension of disbelief breaks where I go, oh, come on. Right. You you couldn't hit him right there. <laughs> and then the other thing is that he survives all of these most incredible things. And then all it takes is just, you know, one tap of the shoulder and all of a sudden he falls off something. And you're just sure. like, that also to me is like, I don't understand why if that was, if you're that vulnerable, then you'd be that vulnerable all the time. So, and it might just be that we don't understand all of his superpowers or anything like that. Ah, that's true. But I have to say, if I was shooting at Captain America with the intent to kill and he was hiding behind his shield, I would take out his legs. Ah. It's very simple. <laughs> like the idea that they just pour bullets into his shield makes zero sense to me every time. I'm like, you know, you can't shoot through that. it. What do you think was going to happen? Yeah. Anyway, that's true. So the winter soldier, uh, we kind of pick up with, uh, Steve, mm. different Steve, not you. Uh, after the events of the first movie and after the events of the Avengers. So he's now good friends with Tony Stark and the Hulk and Black Widow and all these people. Remind me the bird character becomes Falcon. Falcon. And when Falcon came on screen, I was like, oh my gosh, please don't tell me that's the bad guy. That can't be the bad guy. (laughs) And you're like, no, no, that's Falcon. That's Falcon. Oh, good. Um, (laughs) and then we you're like you just saw him in end game like, yeah he was ah, you just saw cool. the end game you should know uh this is the great thing about watching movies Good with steve stories. is that he 100 forgets everything so everything's a shock for you Completely which is fun not. um so we're we're catching up with steve in uh an interesting situation that i don't think a lot of other people at as far as i know in the mc mcu right uh have they have he has an issue where he missed decades of uh, human yeah. history and so he's kind of just good naturally trying to cram decades of human interaction into his mind now yeah trying to figure out what happened here why is this this way who is this person why are people talking about this and just trying to catch up with yeah. what the world is. Yeah. Which is an interesting concept that I wish they might have used more. Yeah. Um, but instead, we kind of go into a Cold War spy film instead, uh, where he's dealing with a, a new threat, the Winter Soldier. Which you did not like this character. I did not like this character. <laughs> uh, and it's not it's not because I, I dislike him as a person or the idea that his friend becomes his enemy spoiler alert i guess if you haven't seen it it's been it's come oh, out in right. 2014 so yeah if you haven't seen it now and i'm spoiling it i apologize but for the fact that his friend bucky falls yeah and the the concept is they were experimenting on him when he rescued him originally in the first film that something that they did allowed him to survive the fall and then they brainwash him into this killing machine right yeah uh cool concept I, I don't mind it at all and i think it's an interesting conundrum for uh captain america's character to try to figure out how much he's willing to beat the crap out of bucky right to fix things and how much he's not so it's, it's a great concept to try to work with however i really just feel like the way that the winter soldier was portrayed is more of just kind of like a droopy emo 
unhappy guy. Yeah, it was a little bit of that, which I was actually okay with. You liked that idea? Sure. Okay. I'm down for I mean, emo. he probably wouldn't be very happy. He's had a miserable existence. <laughs> like, not How happy a, would you be? Not very. If you fell out of a train, lost your arm, <laughs> metal. I, I'm sure shot, I would be a tortured. pretty grumpy person also. But I just, I don't see him as a worthwhile enemy physically for Captain America. Like right. his, his robot arm is one thing, I guess. Yeah. But really? Well, you think you think regular human Bucky is going to be able to fight off Captain America? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Not necessarily, but the real shock of the uh, antagonist in the film for me uh-huh. was Robert Redford. Oh, right. And like, just because he never plays the antagonist like that. Like, he right. never plays the bad guy. Yeah. And so I, I personally did not see that coming. You wow. know? Well, that's yeah. good that they was, got you with it. Yeah, it should not be hard to figure out. But for me, completely, it, yeah, completely took me by surprise. I was like, not Robert Redford. No. He owns Sundance, for goodness sakes. <laughs> like, <laughs> he supports... Hardworking artists across the nation. I'm trying to remember. He was also in the remake of Pete's Dragon, and I can't remember if he was the bad guy in that. I don't think so. I think he was like the wholesome, um, wise person. Okay, and that's typically kind of what he plays. Mm. And then he was in that. I mean, obviously, became super famous during Sundance Kid. So I guess Butch Cassidy, right? Like that would have been he he got to start playing the bad guy, right? Of course, I think that's what that was. So anyway, I guess he's just returning back to his roots. But good for Robert Redford. That's what I say. Well, I think it's good casting then. If they cast somebody that subverts your expectations, uh-huh. it's always a good thing. It's kind of like when they cast Drew Barrymore at the beginning of Scream and yeah. she dies almost instantly. Yeah. People were like, what? You know, yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah. That was my 90s what, by the way. What? <laughs> Whoa. It's very much that. But. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I would agree with the score all the all these years later is that uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it like a 90% on oh, okay. Tomatoes, right? Sure. And I would give it a solid 90. Would you? Sure. I guess. Yeah, I was all down for it. Um, yeah. I'm all into it. I, I didn't I didn't hate it, obviously. I don't think anybody hated it based on the scores. Like, it, it seems like everybody was super into the idea of another Captain America film, right? And even not, it's still good. Oh. Like, that's when I think it makes a good show, right? Yeah. You're like... I almost could care less, and it was still really good. The only downside, I think, to a lot of the MCU films is that um, some of them do require you to have seen other films for them to make sense. Um, yeah. Which, you know, is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. If you're going to make a film, you should make a standalone film. Uh, I really dislike two-parters that are like, this whole first part is just a setup for a punchline in the next film. Oh, I do hate that. I do like when a f- show, when it is fully integrated and a standalone show at the same yeah. time, like that to me is really fascinating when yeah. they do that. And it's that well thought out. I think that's really good story writing. Yeah. I hate it when they do it, when it's just feel like it's forced, they force it in there like, sure. oh, and then they just have cameos for no reason. Yeah. So sometimes the MCU does that a little bit. I feel they like. do a little bit. <laughs> Mostly the during the end credit scenes. I, I mean, I I mean, we've even seen like Ant Man and stuff, and I think that would be one of the lower rated ones. Would you say? Yeah, all of those. I think that and one. I even like all those. Yeah, I think that one. They had some issues with production, and that's why it wasn't quite what they wanted it to be. Uh. 
from what I understand, they struggled a bit with production. I will say that like Ant-Man is harder for me to rewatch though. Mm. Uh, I can rewatch the Iron Man like all the time. Sure. Like, but it's because it's around an eccentric, you know, billionaire, right? Yeah. Making robots. What don't I love about this show? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and this movie shocked you a couple times, like when they were uh, trying to kill Nick Fury. You you were surprised by that, yeah. Totally um, was. And the great thing is, is when they introduce a character that you should know, you go, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life, people, my life. When they bring back the the Nazi doctor guy in the basement, mm -hmm. I remember being in the theater and being like, "Oh, they brought him back." There's no way he would come back, but this was a clever way to bring him back. Uh, okay. I don't know that you even remember that he was no. in the first movie. I don't get the nuances of it, which is, you know, fine. It's fine because the <laughs> show is still really great. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely great. It, it's been compared a lot to the Cold War era spy films where oh. it's more espionage. It's more uh, the calls are coming from inside the house Ooh, type of thing. That is my jam, actually. Are you more a fan of that? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Like, I, I love the whole, I just love the way espionage even sounds. Espionage. It just sounds fantastic. Do you know how you say it in French? <laughs> 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 I think that is French. It is. Um, <laughs> the budget, so the budget for the show was like $170 million, as you would expect, and ended up making seven, $260 million. Wow. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was the U.S. market made. Oh, that's just in the U.S. And then it was $714 million box office worldwide. Wow. And this brings up kind of the other question I was kind of thinking a little bit about, like, could... Could Disney ever get to a point that they release a film like this direct to um, direct to Disney Plus mm. and have it pay for itself? And compared to those box offices, I just don't see how it's possible. I don't see how that's possible either. Yeah, because I was looking at like if you were to just take the U.S. market of the like the two sixty, that would have to be like thirty seven million people would have to pay for it. Okay, and they have sixty million um, subscribers, so over half would have to say, "Yeah, I'm totally into that." Um, in order to do it for the U.S. market, mm. and I guess globally, if they if they got Disney Plus to the point that it's a global um, brand and can do it globally on the same day and could get everybody to pay for it, I guess they could. Well, and that's the thing too is that beyond the fact that there are people who subscribe to Disney Plus, they're making these um, fresh releases an additional cost, right? Uh, so it's not even just people that have Disney Plus, it's people who have Disney Plus and are willing to pay extra. And willing to pay the extra 30 bucks. And it works great. I think we talked about this with the Mulan released uh, release, is that uh, for families of four or more, $30 is what they would spend at a movie theater anyway to get right. tickets. For a lot of people, that's a deal. Right. And so for us specifically, it makes less sense because there's only two of us and we're super cheap. So we go on the cheapest days possible and we see movies for like, we had it down to a science where we were spending $11 to see a movie, yeah. you know? And so including concessions, including concessions. Thanks movie pass. But, um, <laughs> just kidding. I think, you know, I think people now are, uh, the people that are really into the superheroes are still really into the superheroes. Uh -huh. And I think if you gave them the option of staying home and being able to watch the newest 
superhero movie, they would be totally down to pay you for whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, I know the new season of The Mandalorian uh, just started and people are already super excited about it. Uh, and that's Star Wars mm-hmm. show on Disney+. Plus. You gave me a look, so I didn't know if you uh, knew. No. Uh, and so, you know, there are people that are willing and that are super fans that are willing to pay for these things. Like you said, though, I don't know that their cost can be recouped at those high of numbers. Um, I And I don't know even if they're continuing uh, filming they're, at this moment yeah. with any of those kind of films. We're starting to see a little bit more uh, yellow signs around Atlanta. So it's true. We know. are. And they are, they are filming uh, a Disney plus superhero, a couple of Disney plus superhero shows still. So we, I guess we'll see how popular they are. Yeah. Uh, Cause they have, I believe it was Scarlet Witch is getting her own show. And then they have Winter Soldier and Falcon getting their own show, I believe. If they did Disney Plus as like a $30 a month add-on for all of their unlimited things, and then you'd almost have to release a new movie every month in order for people to stay with it. True. Mm, interesting. Uh, I mean, It'll be interesting to see if that concept... The answer is at some point in time, it will. It will. It, you know, who knows if it's 2022 or 2050, but it will. Yeah. So, so Winter Soldier, you give it a 90, a 90. I'd give it an A. Uh, I'd probably give it a high B. Let's go for 87. Okay. Uh, not bad. Not my favorite, but not bad. Still a good score. Still a good score. But it's like I always say, if your best friend dies suddenly in World War II, don't be surprised if they show back up years later with a robotic arm. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-fingered point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique. And we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.